Each year, IKEA launches its Life at Home report. It's the longest running and biggest study of life at home across 30 different countries. This year, the report found that privacy is lacking in our lives, which has a big impact on our general well-being. Privacy is one of the most important emotional needs at home. However, it is also one that Australians feel they don't get enough of. One of the ways we can enhance privacy in our home is by spending time in activities that encourage mindfulness. One of these activities, loved by many Australians, is creating your own mindful masterpieces. Today we're talking to one of Australia's most inspirational street artists, Vinton McGee, about the role art plays in our life at home, with advice on how we can begin to experiment with art, even if you haven't created anything for a long time. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. My name is Finton McGee. I'm a, I'm a painter and a, a muralist, kind of primarily a realist painter. I'm fascinated with, with people, so a lot of my work is, is figurative. And I do a lot of like large-scale mural work as well. I've seen some of your works, you know, in different kind of bigger locations and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I'd love to know, actually, how long does it take to create, um, you know, a piece of artwork like that. I mean, obviously it depends on what your canvas is um, and it might be, you know, how long is a piece of string, but I'd love to know a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it kind of depends on the the size of the the site, really, the size of the wall, but the larger frescoes, like the kind of eight to 10 story buildings, they're usually two to three week production time. Sometimes you're working in quite tight deadlines and stuff like that. So you do have to kind of work efficiently. But yeah, anywhere from two weeks to a month, six weeks, if it's, if it's a really big kind of complicated project. Can you talk me through your creative process when you're, you know, provided a brief? What does that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always, that can be one of the challenging aspects of, of working publicly. I mean, I do a lot of studio work as well. And, and the beautiful thing about working on canvas or working at, at home, you're able to, um, kind of just go with the flow and paint what you feel and, and, and just kind of exist in the moment a little bit more. Public art can be more challenging. There's sometimes community involvement, community stakeholders that kind of have, have some sort of say in the process. So sometimes there's kind of more of a process of consultation, which can be really rewarding sometimes. Usually involves, you know, research, workshops, something, some sort of community engagement element. Um, and that often informs the work as well. But that's just kind of the nature of public art, really. There's, there's obviously other stakeholders involved when you're working in public. What do you believe are the benefits of art and mindfulness when it comes to your own works? The main mindfulness benefits of art is I, I kind of feel like uh, art kind of provides a space for um, just reflection, really. In a lot of ways, I'd look at, at a canvas as a mirror. Not necessarily like it's you've got to paint yourself or you're painting a, a, a self-portrait or something, but you do generally kind of reflect how you feel. You reflect the world around you. You kind of tend to absorb things. So for me, art is kind of just an opportunity for, for space and, and reflection. And how you deal with that depends on the kind of artist that you are, you know. So you'd have someone like, you know, like the abstract expressionist or Pollock who would be very kind of about self-expression and self-exploration. Other artists might tackle political themes or, you know, socioeconomic themes, but either way they're kind of reflecting and building and learning about the world around them one way or another. For me, mindfulness is about learning, you know? So art just gives me an opportunity to learn and study and build images based on, you know, what I learn about the world. 
If I was a listener out there, you know, right now and yeah. taking on board what you've just said to me around, you know, it's it's a reflection of the world around you and all that sort of stuff. I mean, where do you start in terms of that creative concepting? How do you hone in on one element? Can you provide any tips and advice on how you actually, you know, put pen to paper and start to reflect who you are at a moment in time or, or you know, that be the world around you? My advice for any anyone that wants to make art or is in the kind of early stages of that process, I would say the most important first step is to kind of surround yourself with art or absorb art in some way. One of the amazing things about all these new digital technologies we have as well is, you know, you can discover artists online. There's you, social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. There's a lot of different artists using these mediums. So that's another way you can kind of discover and explore art. Second step, I would really recommend just kind of reading as much as you can, study art history. Art history is beautiful because if you learn about the history of art, you kind of learn about the history of everything. When you look at what the kind of work artists are making throughout history, you learn about the social environment they were living in, the society they were living in, the power structures they were living within. You kind of, you, you, you learn about all that. So by kind of learning about art through history, you can kind of learn where it's been, learn where it's going and kind of learn how to kind of, I guess, like focus your kind of output in some way. And then the third thing I think to artists are just getting into it, just draw. draw. I think drawing is, is, is really, really important. It's easy. You don't need a whole lot of room to do it. You just need paper and pens or, you know, a bit of charcoal. And the, the best thing about drawing is it, it allows you space to kind of experiment. It allows you space to fail because, you know, if, if you do something you're not happy with or something that doesn't look good, you can kind of just scrunch it up and throw it away. Allowing space for failure is really important to the creative process. First of all, when you fail, you learn. There's that element. The other thing that I, I, I find a lot or a lot of artists that are starting out, a lot of people that want to start experimenting, failure becomes something to fear. For example, if you dive into a painting and spend four days working on it and at the end you're not happy, it becomes a failure, it becomes something you're not happy with, can kind of affect your confidence and then you're kind of less likely to enjoy what you're doing and you're less likely to dive back into it again. So I think it's very important to learn not to fear failure. So that's why I would definitely get pen and paper and just play around, have fun, draw. If it fails, if you think it sucks, just throw it away, start again. And uh, through that, you can kind of condition yourself to not fear failure, but you'll also, you know, some of the best ideas happen by accident. I, I really believe that. Gosh, some of the stuff you said then you could really take into just general life advice. Well, yeah, well, that fear of failure thing applies to anything. When do you draw the line a little bit and when do you, when does it artwork end or does it not? That's a big question for you, but I'm going there. Yeah. That, <laughs> they say that's the biggest challenge for any artist is knowing when to stop. I've definitely overcooked a lot of my works. And actually that's something that, that for me just kind of came with experience just knowing when to stop and, and knowing when to be happy. And yeah, that's something you can't, yeah, something everyone has to learn for themselves, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, for sure. Yeah. And what about um, creating a good environment to start this process of art? Do we need to have music in the background or what do you think fosters really great art? One thing I really do enjoy is podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, art history podcasts. I find this quite nice to be able to kind of like learn something while, while you're working. I think music's very important as well. 
In terms of like the physical space you're working in, I think that's really up to the individual. Like I can't work in a clean studio environment. It's I just find it really hard. I, I clean my studio once every couple of months and I kind of like just destroy it within three or four days of cleaning it. Like that's just <laughs> like, but then I need like, I, I keep my apartment like really clean. I need a clean space to be able to come home to. And that kind of helps me separate my work environment and my home environment. One thing that is really important in the space, don't make work near the TV. If, if you do have external things happening, just make sure it's strictly audio based, you know, podcast, music, radio. Talking about inspiration, are there places that you would recommend to find inspiration? Looking at other art is important. Studying is, is important. But I think observing things in the day-to-day is also really important. Uh, one of the, the best things we have right now is everybody's got a camera in their pocket. So if you see something visually that excites you, photograph it and scrapbook it. You know, I, I'm a realist painter, so I generally draw inspiration from my physical environment. You know, other artists like abstractionists might kind of deal with more grand metaphysical themes. But for me, my advice would just be keep notes and just photograph anything that you find interesting. It could be, you know, a poster. It could be a couple of trees that have grown in a weird wonky way. Could be two dogs playing. Just, do you know what I mean? Just anything, anything that spikes your interest. And what you might find is you might look at the, the we'll look over the photos later and just be like, I can't believe that was interesting at the time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But yeah. I do find building those kind of visual references uh, is really important, particularly if you're traveling, some, mm. something like that as well. You can build narratives when you're traveling, you know, even, even if it's just around a train journey or going to a church or just sightseeing or whatever, you'll always find something. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's where I get inspiration from. It's just, I just try and absorb as much of my surroundings as possible. And I uh, hope that I can channel that into a painting at some stage, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. No, that's um, really interesting. Yeah. I think that's a really great tip around just take photos of the world around you and, and capture yeah. the moment because, gosh, we move at such a pace these days that sometimes you just need to stop and just absorb a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice converting something chaotic and busy into a still medium as well. Talking about mindfulness, that's always a good mindfulness exercise. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. finding stillness in chaos. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to talk to you now about one of your own creations or something that you have pulled together and the process behind that. I'd love for you to sort of describe that to the audience. Is there a particular artwork that has really resonated in your career? Yeah, there's a, there's a, like a new series of paintings that I've been working on. They're a series of still life paintings that I kind of painted during the lockdowns. You can see them on my Instagram. I was kind of a little bit stuck at the beginning of the lockdowns. The outside environment inspires me a lot. With social distancing rules and us kind of being stuck indoors meant that um, incredibly kind of deprived of inspiration and also I wasn't able to physically kind of bring any models together to photograph them in any way or kind of develop any references for figurative work. So I kind of like um, spent five days just kind of being kind of miserable and then just saying I just got to do something. So I kind of, I, I photographed two pot plants that were on my balcony and I just kind of came up with the idea of painting them every day. So I, I made about 30 small canvases, 
they were 50 by 50 centimeters each. And the idea was just to paint the same pot plant every day, like one painting a day for the duration of the lockdowns. So by the end of it, I, I, th- I think I ended up with a, about 27 paintings. I didn't do one every day. I wasn't as diligent with it as I should have been, but I ended up with kind of a lot of these little small pot plant paintings. And that was a great process because it was like each kind of painting kind of just symbolized like a day in lockdown and, and it just one step closer to uh, getting out of it. And also it kind of became almost like a daily meditation. Do you know what I mean? Because I didn't have to develop any kind of grand themes or concepts around the work. I just knew I was going to paint a pot plant every day. So it really just became about the, the, the process a lot more, the physical process of actually painting. And that was really kind of liberating in a way. Um, cause yeah, like I said, like each work just kind of became a little daily meditation. Each one took probably f- between five and seven hours. Yeah. I ended up with, with 27 small works kind of got me through the lockdown. It was great. And I do, I do like to create narratives in my work and, and sometimes the kind of the most simple narratives are the most beautiful. So, uh, just the story of me keeping a pot plant alive during the lockdown, I thought was kind of a beautiful little story to tell. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I think that's a really yeah. interesting way to firstly bring to life a pot plant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also yeah. to kind of, you know, put purpose in in the day, particularly at this, you know, unusual time that we are in at the moment. So I think that's yeah. a really interesting story yeah. that you tell. And actually, um yeah. the question I have for you, and this is a curly one, was there mm. a plant in the pot plant? And did you manage to keep that alive as well? Or it was is still it just alive. The- yeah, yeah, Excellent. it made it through. It was a uh, little. It was like a little monstera, and it was propagated. So it kind of, it was looking. I pulled it out of water and then put it into a pot plant. Yep. And it was. It, it struggled in the first couple of weeks. Yep. So it looked like in the painting, it looks like it's starting to die, but I think its roots have taken. I've I've fertilized it pretty heavily. Its leaves are perky again, which is nice. It was getting those real sad, saggy leaves for a minute. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it made it through. So that's very that's good. Nice. Yeah. Important questions to ask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last final question yeah. for you. You know, what is your advice for anyone wanting to get started? If we peel it right back to the very. Yeah. Come full essence. circle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would just say just, just dive in there. Go get some pens and paper. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money. Charcoal's cheap. Paper's cheap. Just do some drawing. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty simple, easy tip to get started yeah. for sure. No, that's <laughs> good. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today and having a chat through art and learning the processes behind it and particularly hearing about your creative process. I'm sure many people out there will feel really inspired after listening to this. So thank you so much. It's been brilliant. Cheers.